Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show we focus on the sacking of Manchester United manager Jose Mourinho. What does this mean for the future of the club? And with so many Manchester United fans around Africa, how are they feeling? It was now becoming difficult to wear the jersey. <laughs> also a disappointing FIFA Club World Cup for Africa as Esperance finish only fifth. And your views on whether it's time for Yaya Toure to hang up his boots. But no doubt about the global football story of the week, it's Manchester United's decision to fire manager Jose Mourinho after two and a half years at the club, with them sixth in the English Premier League, 19 points behind leaders Liverpool, who beat them 3-1 last Sunday at Anfield. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer comes in as caretaker coach. Mourinho spent around $500 million on 11 players and the decision to sack him will cost the club around $23 million. Mourinho is the third manager since Sir Alex Ferguson retired in 2013. Uh, first was David Moyes, then was Louis van Gaal. Uh, so, Stuart, uh, how great is the crisis at Manchester United and can they find a manager long-term who'll fit in with the club's culture? Well, while there was little surprise that Jose Mourinho has been sacked, I think the swiftness of the action did come as a shock. And there are a number of factors that have contributed to the situation. Manchester United demand two things, success and playing attractive football. Neither has happened under Jose Mourinho. I mean... Last season, he did well, finishing second in the Premier League, ahead of Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, only behind Manchester City. A great achievement, but this season the team has gone backwards. Currently in sixth place, having won only seven of 17 league games and 11 points out of the Champions League places. But listen to this, they have conceded 29 goals, and that's more than Huddersfield, who are second from the bottom. Yeah, I mean, Jose Mourinho has an impressive track record, what he did at Porto, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, he transformed Chelsea. But he always seemed a strange choice to me, because his reputation was built as a defensive coach, who liked to grind out 1-0 wins. If you think of Manchester United in their heyday, you think of Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Eric Cantona, and attacking football. There was none of that under Mourinho. And his dealings in the transfer market at Manchester United have frankly been disastrous. You know, there's the big money signings like Fred, Alexis Sanchez, Paul Pogba, but then he often leaves them out of the key games. In the summer, he wanted to sign two new centre-backs, but he'd already bought Victor Lindelof and Eric Bailly and seemingly lost faith in them. He never seemed to know his best team or even his best formation. I mean, this season we've seen Manchester United play 4-3-3, 3-4-3, 4-2-3-1, 3 and a total of 22 players have been tried. And if you look at Jurgen Klopp or Pep Guardiola, they always seem to be enjoying themselves. Mourinho seems to be miserable all the time, falling out with players, criticising them in public, unpopular with staff and spectators. Now... In terms of the permanent replacement, that probably won't happen until the summer, but it seems that Mauricio Pochettino at Tottenham, Diego 
Simeone, Atletico Madrid, and Zinedine Zidane, uh, formerly Real Madrid manager, are in the frame. But who knows what will happen. Indeed. Well, I've been speaking to some of Manchester United's many fans here in Harare. Uh, for me, it's a bit polarising because I've been a Mourinho fan for quite a while. I always wanted to see him do well, but yeah, the results just weren't coming in. So, so it was about time to fair. Uh, I don't blame the decision. It's good. And this season, how frustrating has it been for you? Yeah, definitely disappointing. I thought that season uh, would definitely be somewhere else. Um, 26 points. It's quite sad. I haven't been watching football, actually, because of the results. So You couldn't bear to watch? Yeah, can't. I think the last game I watched was the Young Boys' first game. Then after that, yeah, I stopped watching United games. It's just too painful. You didn't watch the Liverpool game on Sunday? No, don't watch it. Uh, it's a sad story, but it was a long time coming. Uh, we had no structure. When you have someone like Pogba sitting on the bench, uh, someone who's getting about 200, 250, then what are you doing? How's been the feeling throughout this season, indeed throughout recent years, as a Man United fan? It was now becoming difficult to wear the jersey. <laughs> you know, even if you look at the clubs like uh, Newcastle, Watford, you see, they lose, but you see what they are trying to do. Manchester had that tradition, tradition of players that are aggressive, that are strong, that are average enough to just get the, get the win. But then now, Marina doesn't work that way. And I feel sad that it's actually gone, but in the current situation with things that were happening, I think it's for the best. Tough times ever since Ferguson left. Have you ever felt we might be best to desert the club and uh, support someone else? Uh, for me, no. No, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a loyalist. I've been always like this since I was a little boy with my dad watching. He was a Liverpool fan. I was the only Manchester United fan, so I die hard till the end. Uh, I, uh, I'm a fan of Mourinho. I've always loved Mourinho's style of play. So I'm a Chelsea fan, and I only started supporting Man United because of Mourinho. So now that is gone, unfortunately, that's the end of me and uh, uh, the union I have got with uh, Man, Man United. <laughs> and do you think it was the right decision? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, I think, uh, especially when they've just got to the group stages of the Champions League, it really was not a very good uh, decision that they have done. But he's still the best coach in the world. So those are Manchester United fans here in Harare. And uh, Stuart, that last supporter there saying that Mourinho is still the best coach in the world. I think it's hard to say that Jose Mourinho is currently the greatest coach or frankly indeed that he ever was. Now, 2004 to 2008, he was brilliant at Chelsea, winning the league twice. But then he was sacked when Chelsea had a bad run. Two good seasons at Inter Milan were followed by three disappointing years at Real Madrid where he was fired again. Chelsea won the league in his second spell, but then he was fired by Christmas in his third season. Same at Manchester United, fired in his third season. Compare that with Alex Ferguson winning trophies for Manchester United over a 20-year period, or Pep Guardiola, success at Barcelona, Bayern and Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho was coach of the year in 2010, but he just seems to have gone backwards since then and not kept up with the modern game. Well, on WhatsApp on this, King Sam says, I see no reason for sacking Mourinho. Though I'm not a fan of Man United, Mourinho is one of the best coaches in the world. Moses Al-Hakim, a Man United fan in the Gambia, says, It's great news. I've been waiting for this. And Musa Ndo in the Gambia says, It comes to all eventually. Bye-bye, Jose. So we'll have to see what happens to Manchester United and indeed uh, for Mourinho himself. 
Okay then, uh, let's move on to the FIFA Club World Cup now as African champions Esperance of Tunisia won the fifth place playoff at the tournament in the United Arab Emirates after losing their quarter-final to Al Ain of the host nation uh, where they were beaten resoundingly 3-0. Esperance then managed to beat Guadalajara of Mexico 6-5 on penalties after a 1-1 draw and Esperance had two players sent off. Some consolation, but uh, Solomon, pretty disappointing overall, I'd say. Yes, that was uh, very, very disappointing, not just to Tunisian football fans or the football fans of Esperance, but also football fans across the African continent. Despite the convincing win they had against Al-Hali winning that African Champions League and going into the UAE to compete. Not enough to get a better result for Africa. Africa's best representatives at the FIFA Club World Cup so far are Tipi Mazembe from the Democratic Republic of Congo and Moroccan club Raja Casablanca, both finishing in second place in the 2010 and 2013 edition. And I feel as parents themselves, they will definitely look at the game they played in the quarterfinal against Al Ain and how they lost. They lost to a slightly better team. Though they play almost the same kind of football, they won against Mexican side Guadalajara at 6-5 on penalties after a 1-1 draw in spite of losing two players. So again, maybe a bit of indiscipline came in. But again, we have to wait you know, another year to see if we would get another African champion going in there and competing. Uh, you know... The Club World Cup is definitely a good place for African teams to get better experience, play clubs from other continents and compete against the best. And I hope and I know that, you know, as parents themselves, as African champions, they've picked up quite a lot of experience and, and knowledge. And we, we hope to see them compete better and, and really giving their best in the African continent uh, against uh, other teams. Yeah, sure. Esperance must have learnt something there. And the final of the FIFA Club World Cup is on Saturday. Real Madrid to take on Al Ain. So a dream final there for the host nation. Also, it's a big weekend in the CAF Champions League as the second legs of the first round ties are on in this compressed quick-fire 2018-2019 edition. The winners of the ties qualify for the group stage. Zambia's Zesco United only lost 1-0 away to TP Mazembe in their first leg, so they're in with a chance of a giant killing feat, although it won't be easy. Uh, Kenya's Gormahia lead Lobby Stars of Nigeria 3-1 from the first leg, and Zimbabwe's FC Platinum had an excellent 1-1 draw away to Otoho Doyo of Congo Brazzaville last weekend, so they are well placed to go through to the group stage. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can listen to on our new look website, planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there. That's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast, uh, plus interviews with various sports stars, including Zambia's Pats and Dakar and Cameroon's Collins Fai. Also, we've updated the About Us section. There's pictures and profiles of all of the Planet Sport Football Africa team. That's on our new look website, planetsport.tv. 
Well, now we turn to social media, and last week we were thinking about the next steps for Ivory Coast midfielder Yaya Toure. An undoubted world-class player in his day and a serial title winner, Toure has just left Olympiakos in Greece by mutual consent at the age of 35. So we asked, is it time for Yaya to hang up his boots, or can he still make a comeback in the top leagues? On Facebook first, and in Zambia, Mwila Mubanga sends out a personal invitation. It's not the end of the road for Yaya, says Mwila. I want to see him at BuildCon FC in our Zambian Super League. I know BuildCon have signed a lot of uh, top players from around Africa, including some Zimbabweans, but to not much chance of uh, Toure joining them. Abli Osise in the Gambia agrees that Toure should continue with his playing career. I believe that despite his unsuccessful brief spell with Olympiakos, Yaya can still bounce back because he's still one of the best players out there in his position, says Abli. Best of luck to the Ivorian as his next move awaits. On to WhatsApp and James Wallace Jr. in Malawi disagrees, saying we've been following him and he's a legend, but with respect to the world of football and what the future holds for him, I think it's time to venture into other activities in life. Football will never forget him, but the guy should retire, says James. And Dems Kande in the Gambia agrees, saying, Sure, I think it is time for Yaya Toure to hang up his boots, says Dems, because he is ageing and he's got little future in the game. Joachim Mudanga in Uganda also feels it's time for Toure to move on. I think it's time he hung up his boots and spent time with his family and does other stuff, says Joachim. The reason is he's given his best in football and achieved great things. And right now, at the age of 35, I think it's time for him to retire. Arena Itwe Emi, also in Uganda, agrees, saying, I believe everything has an end, and so I believe he should settle his mind on something greater, maybe, rather than destroying his future glory. That's a point echoed by Philip Kanu in The Gambia. Yaya Touré is a world-class player who played well at Barcelona and Manchester City, but at this age, says Philip, he should hang up his boots and give a chance to others. However, Mohamed Barr, also in the Gambia, feels that Toure's career is not yet over. In my honest opinion, I think he still has the strength and potential to still continue playing in the top five leagues. All he needs is to focus and continue to train harder for him to have the speed and stamina to perform. I believe he can still play for one or two more seasons, says Mohamed. Jimmy James Perezi in Malawi believes that Yaya can keep playing, but maybe he should set his sights lower. He's done it all and has gained much in football, says Jimmy. He can still play in the top leagues, but not for the top teams. In short, let him give the young ones the chance to prove their capabilities. In the Gambia, Sana Jauni believes the key to Toure's career may be in the East. Yaya, as you said, was one of the best Africans to play in the European leagues. For me, I think he can still play for two more years, especially in the Chinese Super League. He'll have more playing time there than in the major European leagues, says Sana. And Bakari Nyasi in Dubai agrees, saying, To me, he can still continue playing, probably in the Chinese Super League, or if that's not possible, he can hang up his boots and pick a career in coaching, just like his brother Kolo Toure. But uh, by contrast, Ibrima Jawara in the Gambia believes that Toure should head out to the West, saying it's better for him to join the Major League Soccer in the United States, says Ebrima. As a player, he's almost done. We always welcome your voice notes on WhatsApp and from the Gambia, here's Ebrima Kante. Yeah, for me, I believe Yaya still he has at least one or two years to offer. If 
it is not going to be in the highest league that is the highest competition like the Premier League but at least in China or in Middle East or in MLS but I believe he still has something to offer. Yaya was a brilliant footballer, a massive midfielder for that matter. He was just amazing in his heydays. And I believe again he still has something to offer. That's Abrima Kante there, and here's the views of Michael Mbaka, also in the Gambia. Well, what an outstanding player you're dealing with, Planet Sport. Definitely, Yaya Toure is just inevitable. He's just awesome in whatsoever he does in the nearby future, definitely. But, you know, he has done something very, very unexpected, definitely. He's a title man, and he's somebody who has, you know, just earned respect and and, 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 and performed most of his careers in Premier League and uh, among others. He played for the big clubs. And 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 he, now he's I think he's getting off. He's getting off definitely. So I think his legs cannot carry him uh, further. So he should try by all means to. I'm not saying in his career, but then we'll have to visit the legs of China to see whether he can finish up his career there. Thanks there to Michael Mbaka. Mohamed Chamak Ka in Sierra Leone feels that his abilities can still be used anywhere in the world. Uh, yes, Toure is a very fine player. He can remain active on the field of play because there are many top clubs and leagues looking for this calibre of player, says Mohamed. Ebrima Bar also believes that Toure should keep on playing. He's undoubtedly a great player and is among the best midfielder that I've ever known in football, says Ebrima. I think he can play for some years before he has to hang up his boots, but looking at his age, to my perspective, I don't think he can make a comeback in the top leagues, says Ebrima. And finally, Barang Sane in the Gambia says, Toure's had a wonderful career in football. To keep his dignity, if I were him, I would hang up my boots now. What he's achieved in the past, I don't think he will achieve again anymore, says Barang. Well, thanks so much for all of those thoughts. Uh, what do you make of all this, Stuart? Well, we certainly had a lot of opinions about Yaya Toure's future. And I understand totally why James in Malawi, Dems in the Gambia, Joachim in Uganda, plus several others, feel that he's nothing else to prove in the game and should call it a day. But equally, I agree with others like Mohammed in Sierra Leone that he would be able to play for another year or two if he wanted to. But I think that Jimmy James in Malawi has got it absolutely right when he says that Tory can play in the top divisions but perhaps not for one of the top clubs. So the question for me is if you've played for Barcelona and Manchester City, would you be satisfied continuing to play if you're playing for a struggling Cardiff City, Fulham or Huddersfield, for example? And, you know, again, I think that Sana and Ibrima, both in the Gambia, are making wise suggestions that if he does want to carry on playing, why not go to China or the USA where... There's a lot of money to be earned and he will not be under the same scrutiny as if he tries to play in the English Premier League or in one of the top continental leagues. Yeah, that would certainly make a lot of sense. Uh, thanks, Stuart. And uh, let's go back to the English Premier League now, but away from the drama of Mourinho sacking after the Liverpool defeat last weekend. Uh, take us through the other highlights. Manchester City beat Everton to stay one point behind Liverpool and their Brazilian Gabriel Jesus scored two goals and with Christian Eriksen scoring for Tottenham and Jesus scoring for Manchester City, it gave the headline writers some great Christmas headlines. 
Incidentally, Jesus credits his return to form with his mother coming to Manchester to cook his meals for him, although he did add that she gives him a hard time for being caught offside. Arsenal's unbeaten run of 22 games came to an end when Southampton beat them 3-2, not only damaging Arsenal's chances of a top-four finish, but lifting Southampton out of the bottom three. Incidentally, Southampton's new Austrian manager, Ralph Hasenhutl, was delighted with the performance and, talking to the media, explained that his name really means, if you translate the German, little house for rabbits. So now we know. Steve, I also read that if the top four, Liverpool, Manchester City, Tottenham and Chelsea, continue to pick up points at the same rate, the season will finish with each of the top four teams having gained more points than has ever happened for a top four, which just shows the gap between the top and the rest. Newly promoted Wolves, with their African-born manager Nuno, beat Bournemouth 2-0 to leave them in seventh place in the league table. Who would have expected that? And this coming weekend, with Liverpool away to Wolves and Manchester City at home to Crystal Palace, it's a tough game for Liverpool to win if they're going to stay top of the league going into Christmas. Yeah, right. And uh, talking of Christmas, uh, with the holiday period ahead, it is the busiest time of the year for the English Premier League clubs, with four rounds of matches in the space of a week and a half. Uh, Other leagues take a winter break, but uh, not the English Premier League. And it's uh, all about TV schedules, isn't it? Well, we like tradition in England, Steve, and we've never had a winter break. And also, the 26th of December and New Year's Day often attract some of the biggest crowds of the year, so clubs would be reluctant not to play during the holiday season. Another factor is that the Premier League has 20 clubs, while many of the European leagues only have 18. And as well as that, we have got two important cup competitions. So that's a lot of fixtures to fit in if you do have a winter break. But having said that, there will be a winter break from next season, but it's been cleverly staged so that there will be no weekends without Premier League games. Clubs will get a break, but the dates will be staggered so that some clubs are resting while others are playing, and we'll have to see how that works out. Indeed. Well, thanks, Stuart. Uh, finally, here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, as we reach the end of 2018, we're going back and are going over some of our best interviews during the course of this year. And a couple of months ago, we caught up with a man who must be Africa's most successful goalkeeper right now. That's Cameroon's Andre Onana, who's the first-choice keeper for high-profile Dutch giants Ajax Amsterdam and has played seven times for the Cameroon national team. In fact, Onana's main rival for the Indomitable Lions goalkeeper's jersey is his cousin, Fabrice Ondoa. Well, Onana is only 22 years old. He came through the Samuel Eto Academy before moving to Barcelona and then to the Netherlands three years ago. Planet Sport Football Africa's Ngie Eno Ebay spoke to Onana and first asked about his career so far. My career is, I think, now is going really good. I'm very happy for what I'm doing, of course. When I have to look in the past, it was not easy. I had to fight a lot, so now I need to fight a lot to improve, to be better and better. But still, I'm still young goalkeepers. I have a lot of things to learn. So I'm just focused with football and try to be the best. You talk about your, the start of your career not being an easy one. 
going from the streets of Yaoundé to playing for Ajax of Amsterdam, transiting through FC Barcelona. Talk to us about that period when you were in FC Barcelona, talented keeper, and then you decided to make a switch to go to Ajax. Was it an easy decision for you? Of course, no, it was not easy because, you, you know, it's not always easy to change the country, new life, new city, you know. New language, new food. New language, new food, new people, you know. But I think I made a very good decision because right now I'm the first goalkeeper of Ajax Amsterdam. But it was not easy because when I went to Ajax, I was not first. No, I didn't expect to be first. You, you were behind Jasper Silesen? Yeah, I was behind Jasper Silesen. Jasper Silesen was fantastic goalkeeper, so it was not easy to be second goalkeeper. But uh, with work, with luck, I made it. I'm very happy now. But in Barcelona, I had a very great time. I was there six years. I won. They was very happy with me. But in the end, what I saw, it was not possible to make the step to the first team. So that's why I decided to leave. Did you expect your career to hit the heights that it's gotten to today when you go to Ajax? So soon, no. But you know, with work, you can, you can arrive everywhere. I'm very happy how the world is going. And um, that's it. What's the experience like playing for Cameroon's national football team? It's something special, no? I'm proud to play for my country. I'm very happy to come here. But I need to show a lot now because people are not used to me yet. But <laughs> <laughs> Does it come with pressure? No. But in the end, I'm used to play games with pressure. For me, there really doesn't matter against who we play. I just try to gonna do the same thing, going to do my best, of course. Yeah, they are used to see different goalkeepers because they were playing a little bit different. I take some risks, I play a lot with food, I go more out, you know, they are used to see different type of goalkeeper. But I think if they want me to be here, they have to be used to it. What are your ambitions or expectations playing with the national team? Win a can and qualify for the World Cup. No, if it's possible, it goes far if it's possible. And what about Ajax? Ajax. Ajax is doing good. We are second in the league behind PSV. We are first in the group in Champions League. You know, I think things are going very good. But also, of course, also for me, it's, um, it's one step. No, I have to go to another one. But I'm still calm. You know, I have a lot of options. I will see what, what I'm going to do in the end of the season. The Premier League is one of the best in the world. There are a couple of teams there that um, were interested in you. Are you already thinking about going to the Premier League someday? Yeah. Why not? I think it's the best league in the world. When you are the best, you always want to play the best league. That's why I'm thinking to go there. Andre, I see you have a rosary on your neck. Talk to us about the role that um, faith has got in your career. I see you're a very religious person. Before going on to the pitch, you pray. After the game, you pray. How important is Christianity in your life as a player? You know, I think it's the more important thing in my life. First of all, I'm coming for the really poor family, you know, so for me, God is everything. He decides everything in my life. Till where I'm now, you know, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm you know, praying every day and I hope he's going to take me safely and he's going to help me to have a great career. And I also see that you're into a lot of charity. You give a lot, you organize a lot of charity. What does this mean for you? It means a lot. I think it's important for us to help people who, who don't have because I'm coming even to the poor family. Player like Eto took my hands then bring me to Barcelona. I think now it's my time to help young players and help people if it's possible. You know, it's of course, I'm not always going to do it, but when it's possible, I try to do. Fabrice Ondoa is your cousin. Yeah. What's the relationship that you have with him? Good relationship. We have a very good relationship. That's a matter who is playing. Eh? Listen, yesterday, <laughs> I was with him till four in the night. So we was talking. The funny thing is people sometimes, they are texting me like, yeah, you're not going to play, blah, blah, blah. Fabrice is here. Fabrice and me, we have a very good, we have a fantastic relationship. He's really good. You know, um, of course, but in the pitch, everyone want to play and it's normal, you know. I don't want to be in the bench. He doesn't want to be on the bench. It's normal, so we have to fight it together and 
see who is the best for the team. And John, and a last question. Cameron is going to host the 2019 Africa Cup of Nations. You are in the team. You know the players better. Where do you think this team may end up? In the final. And we're going to wait. I expect us to win, no? But we have amazing players. We have good team. We have good trainers. But we have a lot of things to do yet, you know, because it's just a new process. So we have to make good cohesion. And if we have that, everything is going to be good for us. That's Andre Onana from Cameroon, the first-choice goalkeeper for Dutch giants Ajax Amsterdam. He could perhaps go on to do as well as uh, two other Cameroon goalkeepers. Uh, many would say that Thomas Nkono is the best African keeper ever at his peak in the 1980s when he played over 300 times for Espanyol in Spain. Also Joseph Antoine Bell, who had a long career in France in the 80s and 90s, including 109 appearances for Marseille. We'll see what lies ahead for Andre Onana. Well, that's it for the show for this week. Big games in the English Premier League to look out for. Liverpool away to Wolves on Friday night. Uh, Saturday's games, Manchester City hosting Crystal Palace. Arsenal taking on Burnley. Chelsea playing Leicester. And then on Sunday, Tottenham are away to Everton. Well, with Christmas just a few days away, thank you very much for your support this year. Uh, greatly appreciated and along with many others around the world, the team here at Planet Sport Football Africa will be celebrating Christmas, a special time for followers of Jesus Christ. So we wish you a very happy Christmas and a new year filled with joy and happiness and look forward to having you with us on the journey as we bring you all the news and stories about African football and African players around the world in 2019. So next week will be our last show of 2018 from me, Steve Vickers, in Harare from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and Stuart Weir in the UK. Thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.